It's DTS 133. We have a bunch of new really interesting job listings from Vicarious Visions. Crimson Days is not coming back, and it looks like a springtime update is what's next on the docket. Listening to Destiny the Show. What is good, everybody, and welcome to Destiny the Show, the Destiny News Podcast to keep you the guardian ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. My name is BBK Dragoon, and joining me as always is my awesome co-host, Diddy. What's up, dude? Man, having a good time with had a good time with Iron Banner last week, and I got some really nice loot as well. Vooped some shotgun rushers, so that felt really, really nice. And uh, continued with my raise lighter quest. So, having a good week so far. Looking forward to what uh, the springtime update is going to be about as well. Yeah, so we got the weekly update coming down the pipeline with interesting notes on both the vagueness of the weapon update, <laughs> which is totally like off in the nether. We don't know when that's happening. It does look like Crimson Days is gone. Gone for good, maybe? Well, it's just not happening this year. Deej's wordplay indicates that the next time we will talk about the live team's future event is springtime. So, I don't know. I was discouraged when I read that on Thursday, but now I'm doing a little bit better. What was your vooper of choice during this Iron Banner? Saladin's Vigil, of course. Of course. Uh, One of the best ones in uh, Rise of Iron, and uh, it's really highest impact if you don't have the accelerated coils uh, node on. And uh, it's it sounds good as well. Do you have range finder? Do you have any range perks? Because that thing is stupid with range perks. <laughs> I don't remember to be honest. I, th- I think it's hot, hot swap instead of range finder. Okay, no worries. Well, destiny for me this week is going to take place tonight. I had a super busy work week, and then my whole weekend schedule got kerfluffled a little bit. But I'm going <laughs> to dive in there and at least grab some Iron Banner games. See what we can get done before. The reset occurs. We record on Sundays, by the way. You guys are listening to this on Tuesday morning. So why don't we just uh, jump into last week's update, learn about Crimson Days not returning, and a couple of other things. News! Before we hop into the update, Diddy, why don't we talk about Vicarious Visions? They posted quite a few new Destiny job listings, correct? Yes, and they're pretty high level. So let's get a little bit of context as well. If, if you're just joining us after a a hiatus from Destiny. Vicarious Visions is a basically third-party uh, game developer studio that is helping Bungie with the development of Destiny, uh, specifically for Destiny 2 coming out. So these jobs are going to be working on uh, some new Destiny content. Mm-hmm. And these are all through Activision, and these are at the Albany, New York, Vicarious Vision studio location. So they're looking for an interface artist, a senior weapon and hard surface artist, visual effects artists, a QA tester, which, by the way, that job sounds horrific. You have to be able to work <laughs> at least 40 hours a week, if not more flexible, on working weekends and holidays. So they say anybody who's non-local, just don't bother 
applying and it's a temporary position too so and if you're looking to test it to try out some destiny 2 stuff they're gonna put you under nda so strict that you can't even tweet about it okay so <laughs> don't think you're getting an early access that direction but some of the way these are written are like hilarious dude for the senior weapon designer one they say right at the start tldr can you make kick-ass weapons and vehicles that shoot space bullets for the destiny universe apply it's so funny, dude. And then at the very bottom when they list those like bonus skills to have that will get you noticed more. <laughs> one of them is light level 350 or <laughs> higher. And that's for the UI programmer. <laughs> Gallahorn as well. Oh, Gal that, they should put that one as like just mandatory. Yeah. I found it kind of um, peculiar too. They're looking for a senior technical designer for the world as well as a senior PvP designer. And both of those positions requires at least... Eight years of experience as a designer, having been through multiple complete game ship cycles, and having worked on at least one shipped AAA game. For the PvP one, uh, create new PvP modes that are highly replayable and competitive. Work alongside other designers and artists to create environments that are memorable. Analyze, dissect, and iterate on existing maps. And work within established level design metrics and utilize the game systems to create engaging PvP maps. So the senior PvP designer at Vicarious Visions is going to be tasked with actually creating new modes and maps and being involved somewhat in the balance of PvP. So that was kind of peculiar. That one is being outsourced. Is outsourced the right world word <laughs> since it's a different studio, but it's all under the same umbrella? Yeah, some of these senior positions I would expect to be at Bungie Studios and not at someplace like Vicarious Visions, but it, it's it is very interesting because it's just a high level, man. And let's get some gun game in there. Let's be honest, gun game is fantastic game mode. A couple other game modes that I saw over the week, I really want in Destiny, but this guy, that that's the guy who would make it happen. Senior designer for PvP. The world designer is tasked with working alongside other blah 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 people to create environments that are fun to look at and run super well they should be able to develop challenging ai encounters interesting puzzle scenarios and unique moments and use your technical skills for problem solving scripting unique scenarios this sounds <laughs> yeah it sounds very raid doesn't it yeah puzzles world design raid that just spells raid to me and for someone like this to be at Vicarious Visions outside Bungie Studios makes me think that they're developing, you know, a wider array of endgame PvE or world content that uh, could come in Destiny 2. That would be awesome. More raid, more than one raid a year would be fantastic. For the senior weapon artist, uh, one of the tasks there is listed as creating a massive amount. I'm trying to find the exact wording. Help the art team lead in guiding the team to create a massive quantity of high-quality art assets. So here's what I, I make of all of these things. I believe that they're probably going to go back to the DLC model that we had in year one, where the player's going to purchase some kind of season pass, and that will get you something like Dark Below, but more robust, hopefully, than a Dark Below or a House mm -hmm. of Wolves, like something a lot larger. That's where I think Vicarious Visions is fitting into the scenario. And I also think a lot of the live team's work is going to be pushed towards this studio right and perhaps these designers are going to be working on events in addition to dlc or expansion type things because i think bungie's probably going to be working on the more core release like destiny 2 and whatever d2's comet expansion will be 
Yeah, the fact that they're posting these jobs now, I'm not expecting any of these positions to be uh, involved in any Destiny 2 launch content. It's going to be stuff that comes out after the fact. Maybe they can think about, oh, this asset's almost done. What do you think for Destiny 2 launch? But I don't think they're going to be creating anything that's going to come out later this year, supposedly. Yeah, I don't... I'm not worried about the posting date of this. It's January of this year, right? I think a lot yeah. of people, when they see this, go, well, are they behind the ball then? <laughs> I don't know, maybe Bungie is. But I, I don't see it that way. This is, to me, a confirmation of Activision following through with supporting the game further. Last year, in their investor earnings call, Eric Hirschberg of Activision, I think he's like the CEO, um, said, we know the players want more content and we're going to actively work and support to help deliver and satisfy that need for the player. This, to me, is active steps by them to not only push more resources in Bungie's direction, but to actually, here's another studio that's under our umbrella that's going to help you guys out. So, I don't know. I'm excited about all this. And if you're near Albany, New York, and you're somebody who is interested in game development, definitely take a look. We'll have the link to these job postings on our website, destinytheshow.com. Anything else before the update, Diddy? No, let's just jump in straight to the TWAB discouraging twab or not it just depends on how you read it so why don't we open up talking about the crimson days being cut and the thing you tweeted out this week yeah so they say first things first crimson days will not be making a return this year disappointing but uh, okay let, let's let's just go here crimson days was not a fantastic event it was a really neat game mode for about a week and a half or, or two weeks or so however long crimson days was last year but it wasn't like a an event like the dawning you know it was just a little test for bungie in the crucible arena and it was some fun but you know it not returning this year just means that they didn't invest any time into create it more than it was last year and they didn't want to just lob it our way i mean it would have been nice i think you know and have that new game mode introduced just for like a weekly event that would have been cool but uh, for some reason they're not making uh they're not making it come back i think i know why it's because they've been given they made the decision before the dawning that they weren't doing crimson right. days that's why they gave away crimson days items and shaders and those ghost shells throughout that event and why they're still dropping for players assets they they don't want to create new reward like ghosts and shaders <laughs> and all those art assets that take them valuable time they decided they're going to be working on whatever the next update is and that's why we're not seeing it make a return i'd love to see the game mode come back of course like that would be fun for a week but i think the way that they view it is if they can't find new assets that are worthwhile to put together for eververse that will help monetize that event <laughs> then what's the point yeah. you know yeah, exactly. So springtime, how did we land on that word? How did Deej word play us? So the next paragraph right after they mentioned Crimson Day is not coming back is, and I'll quote here, last week at Bungie, we teased that you haven't heard the last from the live team. Their next content update is taking shape. We're excited to tell you about it, but not so excited that we'll jump the gun. There will come a time when we'll take a seat on our streaming set to talk about how we'll be spending the springtime together. That moment will come closer to the thaw. The thaw, obviously, between winter and uh, springtime, of course. And if you Google first day of spring 2017, it's Monday, March 20th. So, 
halfway through March, maybe we'll see a um, a live stream from Bungie detailing the spring or April update. And then in the coming weeks after that, we'll see that springtime update into Destiny. And that would be uh, that'd be pretty great. So we had somebody ask last week, why do we keep calling it the supposed April update? If you were not around last year, the Taken King got its most significant update in April of last year, and it was called the April update, gave us Challenge of Elders, raised the light level cap, brought with it that chroma armor, and it was the largest update we had seen to Destiny in year two. It was basically like a title update outside of the Taken Mm -hmm. King, right? So that's why we've referred to it as the April update and why we thought it's coming back as we just figure, hey, Destiny 2 is most likely a quarter three or a quarter four launch. So they've got to do something significant between now and then. Rise of Iron can't be the only stopgap, right? Yeah, and April is basically halfway between Rise of Iron and Destiny 2's supposed launch. So it just makes a lot of sense that they would do it around the same time as last year. Mm -hmm. Now... February 9th is a date that's getting thrown around a lot, and it's because that's the next Activision Blizzard earnings call. So if you guys haven't been around, this is when, since Activision Blizzard is in um, a publicly traded company that you can actually buy stock of, they have an investor call that you can hear updates about what's coming down the pipeline. It's basically the company's chance to talk to the investors and say, hey, we really appreciate you investing with Activision. Here's all the amazing things that we're going to do to help grow that share price. And a lot of Destiny insights and updates have come from these calls, and there's legal stuff. I, I don't think, long story short, we're probably going to see any big Destiny announcements prior to this earnings call. However, I nerd out on these calls. I freaking love it. <laughs> it's so crazy. Some of the numbers and the amount of money and all that stuff going on. I believe this earnings call coming February 9th will reveal to us the actual quarter Destiny 2's releasing in. And if I had to pick it, I think quarter 3... I desperately hope it is in August or a September release. Please do not do October, November, because that time (laughs) slot is so saturated. And I think it's been proven like Bungie games. I love that they come out in August, September, because then you don't have to pick between the myriad of 50 other awesome games coming out for the holiday rush. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Your two cents, Diddy? I totally agree. Yeah, I I definitely think... If anything we hear about Destiny 2 on the February 9th call, it's going to be the quarter, if anything. Or it's just, or they'll say, it's still on track for 2017. That's going to be good enough for me. You know, as long as they don't push it back, then again, of course, a delayed game is, of course, always hopefully going to be better than a rushed game. <laughs> so, like you said, I really hope we hear the quarter that Destiny is releasing then. And, of course, I'm definitely going to agree with you September because, one, I get it earlier than I would have. And, two, I don't want it to compete with other games and be overshadowed by by anything else. Mm-hmm. Titanfall 2 got the sort of exactly. short end of the stick there with Battlefield <laughs> that, that's 1. That's what I was referencing there. The week later. <laughs> uh, you know, moving forward, though, Titanfall 2 is actually doing really, really well. After the holiday, the numbers jumped mm-hmm. significantly, at least on the Xbox One Anyway, back to this. Is this the last live team update, dude? Is the spring update, assuming a D2 quarter three or quarter four release, which we have had confirmation D2 is coming in 2017. That's been confirmed by Activision themselves in their earnings call. Is this the last live team update prior to the sequel's launch? Yes. I'm going to say yes, because one, Crimson Days isn't coming back because like we're theorizing, they're not going to create new assets this close to Destiny 2's launch. And two, it just, they haven't done anything in the summer before. 
They didn't in year one. They didn't in year two. I don't expect them to start now. I will take it the other direction. I think that they may have one more live update in their systems after a springtime update. And I believe it could be like a final hurrah, a collectathon, <laughs> or something. I hope it's like a pre-patch event, the way the Dark Blades were, and the way the wolves invading before House of Wolves were. Do something that ties to Destiny 2, because if there is a huge... If it's, if it's only springtime update and then Destiny 2 sequel, that update, I believe, has to be very, like, awesome. Got to knock the ball <laughs> out of the park because you want sentiment to be high coming into Destiny 2. You don't want yeah. players like Blue and all bummed out about it, I think. Yeah, exactly. You want to ride the hype train as much as possible. You know, if, if anything, like, an ideal situation would be April or spring update comes and then they announce Destiny 2 in June uh, during E3. And then, like, at E3, they're like, hey, you can play some pre-Destiny 2 content right now. That would be awesome. Ride the hype train straight all the way through the end of the year and to Destiny 2's launch. That's how you would do it. You know what I hope on this February 9th quarterly call? I want to hear them say Destiny 2 is going to be available on PC, PlayStation 4, (laughs) and Xbox One. We're doing away with exclusivity for items so players' characters will be able to transfer to any of those devices. They sign in through their Bungie.net account, and it brings the Guardian to the PS4 when they play on PS4, or it brings the Guardian to PC when it's on PC. Because right now, the only thing keeping that from happening, from you know your character's data just being stored to an account associated with you that you can access on any of the consoles, is the exclusivity stuff. That's all I can think being the reason. Now, I'm not saying cross-play is a thing because I doubt we're going to reach <laughs> a world where Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC are going to play together. It would be pretty cool if they handled the PvP side <laughs> of things with grace. But could that you imagine awesome. that, Diddy, where just like your Blizzard account, you logged in on whatever device it was and it synced your character data to that device? Because that, to me, oh, that'd be so cool. When somebody says, come play with us on PS4, I wouldn't feel bad and and try to maintain. It is hard to maintain just three characters on one platform, dude, Mm -hmm. let alone four or five. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, That would be awesome. That would blow my mind. I'd be like, oh my God, yes, finally. Because then you don't have three separate Destiny communities. You have one, you know? Mm -hmm. You have the introduction of the PC community, Xbox and PlayStation. That would be awesome. Oh, I hope PC happens so bad, dude. I've been just playing a lot of Overwatch in my downtime. <laughs> Since I built this PC, it's been fantastic. And coming back to Destiny, it feels a little bit like a picture book. 30 FPS games feel just a little <laughs> bit like a flip book these days. So why don't we move on to the end of the weekly update where they talked about the weapon balance patch. They still are working on it. They know that balance is a utopia. It's an unknown And it doesn't mean that they're not going to try and seek for that balance, but it seems like with each patch, there's always one category of firearms that become the favorite option for winning a match. Which I like hearing that from Bungie. I like hearing the directness. Like every patch we do, there's always that particular class of weapon that emerges as being far and away the best that people want to use over and over again. But they're still working on the, the balance pass, and they're not ready to tell us when that's happening. So when more details come, they're going to release it, but they just re-emphasized here, they don't want to put a patch out 
that will negatively impact things. So take it how you will. Diddy, what's the direction you view this as? Like positive, negative? What's your thoughts? Um, some at this point, any balance pass is going to be beneficial, you know, because it'll get people away from complaining about what they're complaining about now and start focusing on some other things because there's always, whenever a new balance pass comes out, there's always that two or three week lull of what is good. And the crucible is actually entertaining because you have such a variety and a diverse weapon pool that's being used and it's like man people are trying to figure out what's good and then after a month of course meta settles again and it just continues on and uh i'm really looking forward to it because of that two to three week lull of i have no idea what's good and i can use whatever i want i can use high rate of fire hand cannons and i'm dominating hopefully that's my dream high rate of fire hand cannons being top dogs that would be great what do you classify as high rate of fire? Last word? Um, free. No, <laughs> I know. No, last word. I'm giving you a hard time. I know. The free will three free class, will. right? Yeah. The free will, the new monarchy hand cannon currently available. Free will three. I really want that to be, you know, to be top dog. You miss your hand cannons and sixes, dude. Although palindrome <laughs> is rocking it. And your three thorn is a just blast and rumble, dude. I've been rocking Aegis of the Reef, that pulse rifle. Yeah, really solid roll on it, and I used it all last week in Iron Banner, and it was phenomenal. It's got that weapon chroma, too. There's very few weapons that glow (laughs) that good, man. So I am excited about the uh, weapon balance update. I hope whatever it is, it comes soon enough, because the only thing really keeping the game afloat right now, at least on Twitch, is PvPers. Like, that's let's face it, that's the main activity people are doing day in and day out who continue to support and play the game. And I think they're just tired of metadors and clever dragons and just want to see a change. However, I also understand Bungie's side of things where if they don't implement it right, they just recreate more problems. And I just, it's a tight line to walk and I don't have the answer for it. Just weapon balance soon. (laughs) I want the weapon balance update soon is what I'm hoping. But Bungie Bounty Days continues past February 10th. This is actually pretty cool. And I quote, these bounties will become a weekly ritual after the conclusion of the pilot calendar. Once a week, we'll set you upon another guardian who has volunteered to put on a good show. There's no way we could honor the full scope and diversity of this community in one month. So we'll keep the party rolling for the foreseeable future. End quote. Super cool way to give promotion to good content creators and streamers in this new Bungie Bounty Days format. I hope everybody is enjoying it. And if you guys actually win an emblem, you should totally tweet us at Destiny the Show because I would love to see and mention who it was that you beat because MTash is coming up here pretty soon this week and that is going to be <laughs> burly, man. Actually, this week is stacked with Luminosity today, Dr. Lupo, Lucky and Buttwipe, then MTashed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck this week out there in Crucible. And that's going to do it for this week at Bungie. I think that's going to wrap up most of today's show. I wanted to mention, however, the top selling games of 2016, Diddy. Now, these stats come from NPD Group, which is mainly focused on physical sales. They don't really know as much about the digital sales stuff. So (laughs) these are all estimates in this world where game devs don't say how much they sold just yet. But it's Infinite Warfare. Pretty crazy, right? All that ranting and whining. Surprise. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know that's because of the the Modern Warfare remaster. Like, Uh, yeah. (laughs) The only reason that game sold as well as it did is because people wanted to do the remaster as well, you know? 
I agree, and I'm pretty certain that Activision knew that going into it. <laughs> Apparently, in like December, people were reporting that Infinite Warfare sold 50% less physical copies than Black Ops 3 the year before, wow. which... I mean, that makes sense to a degree. I think you have to also understand more and more people are just downloading games because of the convenience mm-hmm. of it, myself included. But, wow. I mean, it still is number one in 2016, and 2016 was a pretty big game, like year for games. Uh, number two spot was Battlefield 1. The three spot goes to The Division. Number four was NBA 2K16. Number five, Madden NFL 2017. Number six, dude is Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> How much money does Rockstar have? A lot. Insane. Definitely Number seven is Overwatch. Number eight is Call of Duty Black Ops 3. That's Man. ridiculous, dude. Uh, number nine is FIFA 2017. And number 10 is Final Fantasy 15. I thought this was interesting. Final Fantasy 15 was the best-selling game on PS4. And also enjoyed the best console launch month in the history of the franchise, with 19% more new physical units sold than Final Fantasy XIII, and 54% more in total total dollar revenue, including digital. I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan, and I love XV. If you guys want to try a good RPG, I recommend it to you. Not a perfect RPG, but a pretty darn good one. So I just threw that in there mainly because I was looking at Activision <laughs> stock numbers and I wanted to see what Infinite Warfare did. Everybody poo-pooed that trailer and a lot of the... I mean, apparently the community is really dissatisfied with Infinite. I've been paying somewhat attention and this definitely is coming across as like the worst entry in the franchise for a lot of these people. But that Modern Warfare Remastered, man, <laughs> I want that. But I want it when it's sold separately. I don't want to buy into these bundle deals, so... All right, Diddy, where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy, D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y, D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. You can find us online at DestinyTheShow.com. You can follow us at or on Twitter at DestinyTheShow. You can follow me at BBK Dragoon, both on YouTube and on Twitter. Thank you guys very much for listening. We look forward to seeing you next week. Bye.